This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on the Green Hornet. I fanboy podcast. We're talking about the Green Hornet movie. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello, Connor. 
and that's it. No that's else. it. So thanks for listening. Disappointment. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> we were for my fanboy. We normally talk about comics, but every time, every once in a while, we talk about comic book movies, and the Green Hornet is certainly one of those. We're going to talk about the film. It'll be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, pause the show, come back, or if you don't care, or you want to be spoiled, it doesn't really matter. You can keep listening if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. That's fine. The Green Hornet was. It's probably the. I guess it's the first big one we've had in a while, right? It seems like it's been a while since we've had a movie. Well, yes, it's the. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a big movie considering it got buried in January, but it's the first. I mean, this is officially the first comic book movie of the year. This this project has been uh, maligned. Is it? Is is that the right way? It's been in development hell for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Kevin Smith's first action film, which didn't happen. Yeah, because he wussed out because he is afraid of his 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 own success. So he's doing that in the comic book for Dynamite right now. He's doing the story. No, not even the comic book. I, I think the comic from Dynamite is adapted from his screenplay that he wrote that for the movie that never got made and they're just adapting it into a comic. I don't think he's actively involved in that project at all. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's his story. The story that would have been is yeah. in the comic. Now, yeah. so and Dynamite's been, as part of leading up to the Green, the Green Hornet, uh, Dynamite, who currently has the Green Hornet license, has been putting out a bunch of, I think Matt Wagner did like some like year one stuff. Yeah, there's, and, there's a, like six Green Hornet books, but it was, interestingly, and this is, we're going off track already, but we saw the sales charts for the non-premiere books and Green Hornet dominates them. So yeah. I guess it was a good... Pick up by Dynamite. Well, well, the thing, yeah, I mean, the thing is, for and for those you know youngins or those not in the know, the Green Hornet has been a property that's been around since what, like the 30s or 40s? Yeah, it's, it, it's been. It was a radio drama originally. Yeah. yeah, and and conceptually, it's actually really kind of interesting that there's a fictional story link between the Green Hornet and the Lone Ranger. In, yes. In that, yeah. He's, I think the great grandnephew or the nephew, or depending on what what era you're in. But. Yeah, there, there's some there, there's a relate like either I I thought it was gr- uh, grandson, but uh, it could be nephew. I think nephew is actually right. But the so the idea being that the original Lone Ranger, his um, his descendant uh, then becomes the Green Hornet, and the idea was like in the 30s or 40s, very pulpy, and the whole concept was is this guy who ran a newspaper, and by night he and his um, chauffeur Cato. Um, uh, <laughs> I wanted to make a pie face joke, but I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his chauffeur Cato would fight crime, and and then he'd report about it in the paper, and that was the whole kind of thing. It went through the thirties and forties. That it was, um, it had a bit of a resurgence. What in the sixties or seventies? Yeah, yeah with, and when Bruce Lee portrayed Cato, most- they showed up on the Batman TV show. They had their own short lived show. Yeah, um, there's a reference to Bruce Lee in the film. There's a reference to the Lone Ranger in the film. Yep. So eventually, this movie went through development hell. Kevin Smith dropped out. A bunch of actors were rumored to play. It was going to be George Clooney for a while because he's attached to everything. <laughs> he's playing the Lone Ranger, so that's strange. Oh, there you go. Nicolas Cage was going to be the villain, as he is with all the superhero movies. So came back around to Michel Gondry, the French director, was directing it. And he did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He did Be Kind Rewind, a lot of really visually conceptual films. And he's, done, he's, he's done Bjork videos. He's done, right. yeah, I mean, like he's, and honestly, like, and that's the whole thing is that, like, I didn't realize he, uh, Michel Gondry uh, was directing it until like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was just like, still, I was in the theater this morning. I'm like, really? Like, I didn't believe it until I saw his name up there. But yeah, so Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, the writers of Superbad, wrote the screenplay. Seth Rogen starred in the film. He lost 30 pounds to portray uh, Britt Reed, and, and away we go. What's funny is this is a much, this movie is all over the map in terms of reaction. Yeah. Um, the critics hate it. The cinema score is like an A. So the audiences on the whole have liked it. It's doing well at the box office. So there's something else out right now. What's interesting is, when the trailers started coming out, I I enjoyed the trailers because I think Seth Rogen's funny and I think I like the Green Horn. I like the classic, you know, properties and Green Horn's a classic property. And to me, I was going into it expecting a comedy action film. Yep. And I think that's what it delivered. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and I think your expectations are probably met. I think I think what basically what it boils down to is is that a lot of it boils down to. 
whether or not you like Seth like much like yes. Michael Sarah boils down to whether or not you like Seth Rogen or not. That, I it, think that's true. that if you can't stand Seth Rogen, you're going to hate this movie because it is very much Seth Rogen. Um, There's a lot of Seth Rogen. How much Seth Rogen is too much Seth Rogen will be decided when you watch this film. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I mean, so so it sounds like you didn't hate it. No, I liked it. I thought yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually I actually enjoyed myself. I mean, like I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people. Like you said, I've seen. You know, reactions across the map. Um, I wouldn't say it was the greatest movie of all time. I no. wouldn't say that it was what I would expect from Michel Gondry. But well, I, I thought in certain parts there was a lot of him in there. That well, yeah, and we'll get we'll, about in a second. we'll get that. Yeah, yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about. But and, and that was actually my favorite part of the movie. But um, I mean, it came together. I mean, it laid the story out fine. The balance of action and comedy and the the. I mean, for, let's be honest. Seth Rogen and the guy who wrote it. The story isn't. Uh, is it Dr. Shivago? You know what I mean? It no. isn't the most compelling. I mean, it's a fairly linear story. And a couple of times you need to go, eh, okay, fine. You know, and just move yeah. on with it, you know? <laughs> but well, um, let's, let's sum up the story. The story of the film is Britt Reed is the ne'er do well son of James Reed, who is a big media, uh, he's a media empire spearheaded by his newspaper, which, which is funny. Yeah. Considering the times, which, but. Um, which they acknowledge. They acknowledge. Sure, sure. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, He's the party animal. He doesn't, you know, he's a, he's a disappointment to his father. His father dies. Brit has to take over the empire and doesn't know what to do and somehow sort of falls backwards into becoming the Green Hornet when he goes with his uh, employee, Cato, to vandalize his father's statue. And they come across a attempted crime. They break up the crime because Cato's a badass. Well, and, and, and they, 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 also, they, they also layer in early, like when they're, when they're establishing the character, they do a flashback of when Seth Rogen's character is a kid and he got into a fight at school and his dad admonishes him. And, but the, 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 the subtle bit of that was that he was trying to help a girl who was getting bullied. So like right. you, get, you get this idea that there's this germ of wanting to help people with inside Seth Rogen's character, but... But he's spoiled. He has nothing. He's no no motivation. He's rich. He's never had had to work for anything, and so that's gotten that that desire to help people has been pushed down by the partying. You know, sure. Um, and I actually really like that aspect of the character because it made him different than most superheroes. He yeah. He wasn't a nice guy. He wasn't your Superman. He wasn't. He wasn't even your Batman. He was yeah. a. He's sort of insecure and he's lazy and he's not very good at being a superhero, but he really wants to do good. It's just a matter of figuring out how. And I like the fact that he was kind of a jerk because he had to grow and, and he started off as a jerk and he's less of a jerk by the end, but he's still not your typical kind of superhero. Plus, the whole conceit of the Green Horn is they pretend to be bad guys to the public while being good guys in secret. So he has to kind of be a kind of a jerk because right. that's the image of the Green Hornet. Right. Um, and I like that aspect of it because it wasn't like every other superhero you see on the screen. He was yeah, exactly. Which they acknowledge as well too. They're very upfront. I mean, a lot of the stuff is very clear, and we're going to explain it to you to the letter right. uh, of what's happening. Uh, I thought Cato stole the show. Yes, uh, absolutely. A- a- basically, every scene with Cato, either Cato or the car and the tech involved, mm-hmm. were were the scenes that you were waiting for. Well, I could tell you right. I mean, you could tell from the trailers that Cato was going to be the fan favorite of the film. Yes, he's, yeah. he's the badass. He's he was charm, and the guy who played him, whose name I don't know, because IMDb has says it's John Cho, but it wasn't John Cho. Um, <laughs> no way, does it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> he's a pop star in Asia, and he's really charming and funny. And he, he is the reason for the Green Hornet. He's the tech guy. He builds the car. He builds the weapons. He beats up most of the guys they fight. You know, Cato's a great role. Bruce Lee played him to much acclaim in it uh, before, and yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 like the and the humor between Seth Rogen and Cato was great. I mean, had a good good reputation. And and that's the thing is that like again, it goes back to whether or not you hate Seth Rogen. Like I don't hate Seth Rogen. Like I like him a lot. I've liked him since Freaks and Geeks. 
Yeah. And what I like about him are the little asides and like so like when they're when they're in their Green Hornet and Kato garb and they're fighting, you know, LA gangs and explosions are going off and each Seth Rogen just goes, That was very dangerous. <laughs> like yeah. that like I just laugh at every time when that happens. <laughs> you know, and that's the that's sort of the, the vibe of the movie which I enjoyed. It was yeah. it was kinda like normal guys placed in a situation. It wasn't like you know, none they didn't have any powers, although Kato kind of did, but not really. It's just what if you and I put on a suit and went out and right, fought yeah, crime? That's, that's, that's kind of how it would go. Yeah. With, a, with some die. badass tech in the car, which was so yeah. much, which was so much, every time. How badly do you want that car? That, oh, every time, every time Kato did something with the car, it was just, it was, it was awesome and it was so cool. Villainous wise, the guy from Inglorious Bastards was in it and he, that, it was. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he was good, but I thought it was not as, the villain, they didn't really think about the villain as much as they thought about uh, Green Horn and Kato. Yeah. Um, well, villain is just sort of a means to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a means to an end, and yeah. if you want to talk about things that I didn't think it did very well, one, one thing was at at one minute shy of two hours, I thought it could have had twenty minutes cut out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did have the moment where I'm like, oh, this is long. Yeah, yeah, it was um, two hours, 119 minutes. Which n- is now cool. to address the 3D, 2D. Did you see it in 3D or 2D? I had to see it in 3D because nothing near me had it in 2D. Okay, I now I went to see it in 2D because I went with a bunch of snobs who f- found out that it was post 3D and therefore yes. want, you know we didn't want to. And I thought some of the some you could tell what was done with 3D in mind. Right. Like the the bottle opening scene like that was okay. Yeah, 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 yeah was, just yeah. like kind of cheesy 3D effects and that sort of thing. One thing I was shocked by was the wanton violence and killing and lack of morals by the heroes. <laughs> I wasn't because this is an action film, and it's no, no different than John McClane or any of those other characters who kill their. Kill yeah, their but I don't know. I just, I just, thought, I just found it interesting that, that they never once said oh, we're not going to kill and we'll be good or whatever. But like, it, like they just uh, coming down to and we're going to spoil it. But coming like the the ultimate villain ha- turns out to be the district attorney and whatever. Yeah. And as opposed to bringing him to justice, they just kill him. <laughs> just like because they can't because they've got no more evidence on him. Because yeah. as we know, sometimes yeah. when you interview somebody. <laughs> It does the tape doesn't work, <laughs> which so, I thought was really good. <laughs> um, so I laughed for my own personal reasons when it was blank. Yeah, but so they they have to kill a district attorney because he knows and he's a criminal. And he knows who they are. But yeah, I just I was just a little. To me, I was to me a the world is established, and that yeah. this is a world where you have guns and the bad guys have guns. Yeah, and so you're gonna have to kill each other, and that's that's as long as you establish the rules of the world, which is. This isn't a superhero universe where you know people don't. But even the superhero universe, people get, people get killed. Yeah, it's a world where the good guys have guns and the bad guys have guns, and it's no different than you take off the mask and you replace him with Bruce Willis, and he's a, it's Die Hard, and he. Yeah, know, it's, it just shocked me. That's all. I mean, because I guess no, I guess being so used to the superhero code and no killing yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it just I was like, oh whoa, like it, like it was that that first uh, gang fight in South Central LA when they pulled over and they got into the big gang fight, and then at at, at the very end, Cato shot somebody in the head, and I was like, oh god, he shot. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so um, I thought that was weird. So the thing that we alluded to earlier is that there's there's at least one sequence where it looks like Michel Gondry got to be himself. Yeah, which was when at the very very end when Seth Rogen's character pieces everything together and realizes what's going on, which I just loved that whole sequence. I was just like, yeah, no. yes. I was like, <laughs> I thought that was a great sequence. I really liked the way that they visualized Kato's powers. Yeah, yeah, and, and not powers, but his his, his brain works where he can. Yeah. He assesses danger, and then he's, his, his process is slower than the rest of us, and or faster, I guess, and yeah. then he takes people out. I like that. I liked – there was a couple of sequences that were sped up. I mean, there was a couple of visual touches. I mean, the end was really the most Gondry-esque, but there was a couple of things I liked. I really liked the way he shot the action. Yeah. 
I was like, well, he should shoot all the action in all superhero movies. Because yeah. You can, you can kind of see everything that's happening without a problem. But when he ran across the car and the car like stretched long and yes. like that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I thought, yeah, that was kind of cool. But the, it was that, it was that piecing it together scene that was great. Yeah, that, that was, was really just, good. That, that, that Gondry almost like collage style. Um, yep. And oh, it was really, really good. It was full of good gags. I mean, I, I laughed when he woke up after 11 days. And, yeah. And yeah. Slowly realized it, how it was full. It just, I mean, there's a lot of funny bits in it and there was. It was a it was a comedy I think first and then an action film second so yeah, I think yeah. in that sense it was successful I think you didn't need Cameron Diaz's character at all but they yeah, I agree. they still the need to I mean that's always the case almost with these movies you have to which I couldn't believe sh- that, and I couldn't believe that there was a, actually a joke about her age and then she's saying yeah. that she's thirty six I was like oh I'm like that's a joke and a joke <laughs> like, well the thing is I, I forgot she she doesn't show up for like a third of the movie and yeah. then she walked in I went oh yeah she's in the, but like. That's always they always feel the need to have to shoehorn in a female lead, you know, yep. in the Batman films and that superfluous female lead character because I feel like they have to. So yep. that was she was barely in it. It wasn't really that big of a deal. The the villain was okay. I mean, Christoph Waltz is really good. I, I love his first scene. Yeah, uh, the scene with James Franco, the, yeah. the James Franco cameo in the beginning was. I thought that was great. It just that he it just it just it just it was an irrational turn towards sure. the end that was just like all right, whatever. But the th- but even then, that Seth Rogen comedy got in there. So basically, like like Chris, uh, Christoph Waltz's character is the uh, you know the the overlord of L A the L A crime underground, and after the Green Hornet is striking and and breaking down his empire. He flips and decides he needs to become a villain, so he becomes, you know, like with a blood, blood theme, obsky. yeah, blood yeah, and um, and wears a red jacket. But what cracked me up was when they got to the newspaper at the big climax scene. He puts on the gas mask, and the DA is like, "You brought a gas mask?" And he's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Only one?" Like it was like, <laughs> like that was like it was these little throwaways. There was a yeah. lot of little throwaway lines that made me laugh. That that had me laughing. Yes. That was that, yes. that played up to the comedy aspect of it. I also really wanted Edward James almost to give an inspiring speech to the newspaper staff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Adama. <laughs> He's still acting. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was fun. I mean, the audience I saw liked it, although it was it was shockingly full of people under the age of 12. For Oh, interesting. Well, I, I, saw it, I saw it in a fairly moderately, not packed, but not empty theater. There were four walkouts, but there were also three points where people broke into applause. Oh, yeah. No, the uh, the audience applauded the credits at the end, which I really yeah. like. Also, the credit sequence. The credits was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fairly, fairly basic. Were, were they using the same font we use sometimes? They might have, yeah. I recognized one of those fonts, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> but I really liked the way they, they put it together and the names came up with their roles, and I thought that was really neat. It was just it was a good time at the movies. It may have been a little long, but I, I had a fun time. I laughed. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, I mean. I, I don't love 3D. I've only seen three, three 3D films, Avatar, Set Up 3D, which was the greatest 3D film of all time. Yeah, and, absolutely. And this one, which is the the post, the only one that was post, you know, processed to be yeah. 3D. So. Well, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It, whether like it's Avatar, where it's shot with 3D in mind, or the post 3D stuff, you know. But I have no choice. Apparently, Thor is post 3D, but they're the way they're marketing it. They're like in some select 2D theaters. You know what I mean? Like they're really pushing the. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Of course they are because the, the tickets were are higher priced. Yeah. This, I want to pay a premium for 3D, but I'll pay a premium to not go to a film with anyone under the age of 18 in the theater. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a good idea. I will pay twenty dollars to see a movie without anybody in this other age. You should move to San Francisco. The Kabuki is 21 and over, and there's a bar. I would I would go to that theater all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but the Green I, I had fun. It was fun. If you're looking for an action comedy, if you don't want to, you know, it's not The Dark Knight and it's not Iron Man, but it's a funny movie that's more action than your normal superhero film. It's more of an action film with, you know, masks. 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's more. I mean, it's more you know street level crime, kind of comic booky, pulpy kind of stuff. But now, but I, yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't awful. It wasn't. I'm no. not. I'm not absolutely waiting for the sequel or you know. What I mean, like, it just, I've seen, we've seen a lot of these movies over the years. We've done a lot of these shows, and I've seen so many more worse movies than yeah. this. And yeah, I was like halfway through thinking. I mean. Yeah, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I have, I have no idea why people would hate this movie. It was better than unless Punisher. You unless you hate Seth Rogen, I would see no reason to hate this movie. Yeah, it was better than Punisher. Well, yeah. I, I see that movie come up in the, uh, like the on-screen guide sometimes, and I go, go away! <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, cool. Well, uh, interesting. So we, uh, we, both, we both liked it. Uh, yeah, I yeah. enjoyed it. Jay Chow, that's the guy's name. Yeah, not John Cho, IMDb. Yeah. Bastards. I want to take a screen cap of this in case they change it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, cool. So it looks like the next movie technically is Priest, but are we going to see that? Oh. Mm. Probably not. I don't know. It's in March. Maybe. I don't know. I've never read the book, so I feel as if I shouldn't. I don't know. It's, like it's, it's based on a manga, I think. Yeah, uh, probably not. Yeah. So the next one will be, won't be till May for Thor. Wow. So, yeah. It's a long way. Yeah. So we got so look at, look, a quick look at this year. We got Thor in May. The movie that no one will be talking about, X-Men First Class in June. Even Marvel, by the way. We, uh, we've heard nothing about that movie. Nothing, nothing. Marvel's not supporting it at all. Isn't it Matthew Vaughn? Uh, yeah, it's Matthew Vaughn, yeah. It's yeah. going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Uh, Never- then Green Lantern in June, Transformers in July, Captain America in July, Cowboys and Aliens in July. That seems to be it that's scheduled. That's so. a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Cool. So if you've seen Green Hornet, you want to talk about it, go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a discussion under this show. There'll be somewhere on the website. There'll be a place to find it. Or uh, just check out our other weekly show. We talk about the weekly books and our video show and all that stuff. Go to ifanboy.com. Check it out. Yep. And uh, that's all that fun stuff. So Green Hornet doesn't have a catchphrase. I can't go out in anything. So No, nothing. Just like so, yeah. Until yeah. next time. Yeah. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. Yeah.